0: Welcome to There's an Elephant in Your Office. I'm Ashley.
1: And I'm Andrea.
0: And together, we're advancing the conversation about mental health in the workplace.
1: Welcome to another episode of There's an Elephant in Your Office. As Mental Health Awareness Month officially winds down, we want to give you some tools and resources to keep the conversation and support going. Hopefully, you've seen a lot of great tips and material out there, and we certainly want to continue to help you into June, July, and for the foreseeable future, be able to come back to those resources when they pop up. A little later, you're going to hear a conversation between Ashley and our very first guest to the show, so stay tuned. We are thrilled to have her, but before we get there... I wanted to tell you a little bit about the resources that we use and promote and want to share. Of course, you may have heard about some of them, but it's always good to have them in one handy place or podcast that you can refer back to. So first and foremost, we want to make sure everyone is aware of the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. We'll also link all of these in the show notes. But if someone you know is in an emergency or needs that immediate support, please refer them to the Lifeline. They have saved countless lives and do amazing work. Another one that is equally as important would be the Veterans Crisis Line. So you can call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or Google it online. Also, some others you may not have heard of. Um, We have the Trevor Project, which is for LGBTQ, and it gets better resources. That could be wonderful if you have someone in need of those resources in your life. Also, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI.org, which, spoiler alert, you may be hearing about more later. Another couple of resources I wanted to share um, would be Mental Health America, This is a great organization that really focuses a lot on resources and things for also caregivers, not people just experiencing it for themselves. So, you know, if you need a conversation starter, maybe you don't know where to begin. They have conversation starters, um, different ones for different reasons. So that can be a really great first attempt if you don't have the words to at least look at examples and then form your own.
0: I completely agree. Mental Health America has fantastic resources, uh, great, very accessible tools that people can use to help themselves and others. But you don't have to take our word for it. How about we let a professional and our first guest tell you more? And now we've got a really special guest with us. And I'm so excited that she can join us on the podcast. Welcome, Emily. Emily, tell us who you are and what you do.
2: Hi. uh, Yeah, I'm Emily Reedford, uh, Executive Director of Mental Health America right here in Vandenberg County. And thanks for having me. No problem.
0: So for the people who might be experiencing poor mental health for the first time, knowing that the resources are a little different where they may live, um, I know Mental Health America has some national resources. So, could you tell us a couple of really good examples of resources people could use, no matter where they live, if they're feeling some things the rest of us have felt for our whole lives, but this is their first time. What can they do?
2: Yes, yes, we've got a lot of newbies to the mental health uh, yes, game welcome. here. Welcome, welcome um, everyone, and that. Yes. Welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you, I think, if that's the right word. Um, but the good news is, is there are a lot of people to help, and there are a lot of great resources that anybody can tap into. And luckily, you can do that from your own home now. So um, and again, the great thing about um, our national platform is that they have access to resources that anybody can access. Right. So if you log on to MHANational.org. That's our national website. Um, they've put together a list of screening tools that anybody can take from the privacy of their, of their own home, their own phone. Own computer, Hiding in the closet from kind of... all of
0: their children and spouses. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, and they can take a mental health screening. Okay. There's a lot of different um, diagnoses on there. If you kind of are leaning one way or the other, um, there's a lot of different um there's a youth component on there. There's a lot of different screeners that you can take. Um, and what's great about these, I've taken several. Um, what's great about these is they really serve as kind of a check-in tool with yourself, especially if you've never felt this kind of anxiety on this kind of level before. But it also works really well, um, you know, when you take the screening, um, sharing those results with your provider, saying, I'm feeling like this, and I took this screening, and here's kind of where I landed, and here's... You know, what I'm feeling and combined with these results that I'm seeing from the screening, where can we go from here and what can we do about this? And when we say screenings, it really looks like a quiz. So this isn't
0: anything that you haven't done before to figure out what ice cream flavor you were in a previous life. You're just answering some questions. <laughs> Okay. But to move away from quizzes, um, I want to bring up something that seems to be getting a lot of attention right now. And, you know, maybe this has been around for a long time. We're just hearing about it. We're just now paying attention to it. And it's this concept of a warm line, a warm line. It's not a crisis line. It's a step below that. So tell us a little bit about the warm line and who can call.
2: Yeah. So anybody can call a line. So think of a warm line as a step below a hotline. Hotline is when you're in acute stress, acute crisis mode. Um, you're thinking about killing yourself. You know, you really are needing that lifeline. It's kind of a hot situation as we call it. A warm line is just kind of a step below that you're struggling, you're dealing with some stuff. You just kind of need, um, need a springboard, need a platform to talk with. Um, Anybody can call these and, um, you know, you're, you're on the line with a trained, um, mental health counselor who can help you kind of through that. Maybe they'll link you up with some resources. They'll kind of give you some time to process that, that stress or that situation. Um, and then that's, you know, that's pretty much it. If you need, you know, further contact or something more, um, more formal, you know, you can do that after that, but those warm lines are getting a lot of, um, usage right now, as well as the hotline. And my guess is the warm line would be really helpful for people who don't
0: have a therapist, who maybe don't have a physician that they see regularly. That could be a really good first step for, like you said, for the newbies, the people who've never done this before, call the warm line. It's a good place to start.
2: Yeah, it really sounds a lot, um, more peaceful than the hotline you know right off the bat hotline but um, but that's kind of what they do I mean, you're right Ashley they're kind of like that kind of first that's step right.
0: and then lastly I'm just thinking about all the people who are spending tons and tons of time with their family their kids their spouses their parents whoever they've been uh quarantined with and some of those people have already mental health disorders so how can mm-hmm. the the partner or the parent or you know, whoever the other person is kind of take care of their person with a mental illness, but also as a caregiver, take care of themselves because it's a lot of stress on everybody.
2: Yeah. Caregiver stress is, um, has always been a thing even before this pandemic. Um, but I think, again, we have a lot of newbies to that game as well. So definitely, um, taking care of your first is crucial because you can't give away what you don't have. If your cup's not full, you can't give anything out of your own cup, so to speak. So definitely practicing that self care, um, eating right, exercising, deep breathing and meditation, taking some time um, away from caregiving, even if it's just for 15 to 30 minutes a day, um, doing that for yourself. Um, I know sometimes in my house when, Everybody's stressed and we're all, you know, in this kitchen area trying to work and do school and all that kind of thing. Um, We can Ah. use a code word like bananas and it's a neutral, it's a neutral word. And it just means um, for me or that person, whoever says bananas, they just need a minute. And whether they need to go outside and play or take a walk or... You know, take a shower or just not be bothered for a minute, not have a hard conversation, not ha- have to make a critical decision, not have to do one more thing. Love it's just, that. I need some bananas. i going to have to use and that. <laughs> that's what we kind of do. Yeah. So you can kind of go to your separate corner and, you know, everyone's on. Someone will come in, knock on the door. You okay? I'm, I'm still having bananas. I'll be back in. Five minutes or whatever and you know you can just kind of get into those routines like okay I know what this means I know what this person needs from me and I know what they don't need right now and I think that is is key is just and you know it's kid-friendly kids can understand that on some level although my five-year-old thinks yeah. it's just time for <laughs> another snack so but an you know cream? you can get creative yeah You can get creative with, you know, what your family or your partner code word, you know, can be. But that's been incredibly helpful. Um, Also, when you're dealing with caregiving for someone with a mental health issue, um, there's no better in um, our area than NAMI Evansville. And they are so great because they have um, a six-week series of classes to help people um, and family members and spouses and parents of those who do have someone living with chronic mental health conditions in their own home. And they're so great because they can really give you that um, information that other people can't. So they can tell you, um, you know, if you've got legal trouble with this person, who are some of the attorneys that understand really what mental health issues look like? Um, You know, what does a hospital stay really entail for the families? How do you get that person to talk to you about, Um, you know, their doctor's appointments when they're over 18 and you don't, you're not required to go anymore. And they're, you know, not obligated to have you in the room and listening and all that kind of stuff. Um, But our local NAMI here is phenomenal. That's right, Emily. We are
0: so lucky to have great organizations here where we live, Mental Health America, NAMI, all of these groups really working together to help people address their mental health. If you would, Could you give all of our listeners, not just those kind of near us right now, give us a couple of tips, a couple of things that anybody could use to help them get through whatever type of mental health conditions or stresses they're feeling right now?
2: Yeah, definitely. I've got a couple um, tidbits that I'm giving everybody. Um, First of all, to kind of acknowledge where you're at with yourself every day. Some days I just wake up and I know, oh, this feels like it's going to be a hard day. And you know what? I just kind of turn to my people in my, under my roof. I say, look, I may be having a hard day today. We just, you know, just know that and, and know yeah. that I might eat a lot of bananas <laughs> today, right? Um, acknowledge where you're at. Acknowledge where somebody else is at. You know, a lot of times we get like, oh, they're just having a day. And it's like, okay, I can get that now. I can be a little more graceful in how I interact with them. Um, and I can, you know, kind of shuffle a little bit more of the burden if that's what's needed. Um, acknowledge where you're at, but also acknowledge that it's going to change, right? We've had a lot of rapid change here in the last couple months. Um, but know that your bad state and your struggling days, your banana days don't necessarily have to trickle into tomorrow and next week and next month. Acknowledge where you're at, give yourself some time with it and then work to move on from it and do something different. Um, Yeah. So on that same note, um, acknowledging where you're at, um, reaching out to other people. I know when I'm having a good day, it's always easier for me to reach out to someone to say, hey, are you having a good day? Are you struggling or what's going on under your roof, so to speak? Um, But when somebody is struggling, that's a time to reach out to them, too. And just, you know, extend that hand. Say, you know what? Um, I don't always have it together either. I had a terrible banana day last week. Let me, you know, let's talk about it and that kind of thing. Just knowing that nothing is going to be permanent in this situation. um, You know, with all the uncertainty, no one knows. So we're just going to have to trudge through and, and think about it together. Our thanks again
0: to Emily Reedford from Mental Health America, Vandenberg County, Indiana, who was our guest and gave us some great tips. And I 100% agree with her last point there about how hard it is to reach out to someone when you're struggling. I know personally, it's awful if you feel so bad and you're experiencing all the things that come with your disorder you just don't have the energy to call people and check on them you can barely function yourself and so if you have that extra emotional capacity right now be the reacher outer be the one to check on all the people the strong ones the quiet ones the parents the not parents the dog parents everybody Because right now we're all experiencing things that have never happened before and levels of stress and anxiety and depression are just through the roof. So if you have that strength within you to reach out, you will be helping so many people who don't have that strength right now. And you'll also be building resiliency. Andrea, why don't you tell us some more about resiliency?
1: Sometimes we forget that resiliency is a skill that we can build and not just something you're born with. So resiliency looks a bunch of different ways. It could be a gratitude journal. It could be setting tiny goals and checking those off the list. That can feel really good. It could also be meditation or yoga if you're into that. Um, another one I really like is taking a beauty break. When I can go outside, it's a pretty day. Awesome. But I live in the Pacific Northwest and that's not always practical. Uh, so sometimes I go online and there are so many free picture websites that you can, whatever mood you're in, there are just some absolutely gorgeous photos um, that are free and available for a beauty break. Another thing that Ashley and I have talked about in some of our recent trainings is the feeling wheel. You know, it sounds a little woo woo. However, hang with me. We all know what feelings are. We all know some words But the Gottman Institute put out this wheel, and it allows you to go deeper and deeper into those feelings. So you may be angry. Okay, we know angry, but what's under that anger? And the further out in the wheel that you go, the more specific words you have so that you can name it and really address what's going on and move on. For example, I just heard Ashley talk about how a lot of us, what we're really feeling is grief. Maybe it's grief that someone that we love has been impacted by COVID-19, but it goes beyond that. It could be grief of a graduation that didn't happen. It could be grief of a family vacation that you're really looking forward to and is not happening now, or it's really different than what you thought. So grief doesn't have to mean that someone passed away necessarily. We can all hold grief, but once you recognize that it's grief and you're not just angry because you don't even know why you're just going to stomp off and be mad, you're a lot more likely to work through it. So again, we'll link that, um, the Gottman Institute Feeling Wheel in the show notes, but it could be a great way for you to build your vocabulary, not just for yourself, but also for your kids. If you have them at home, uh, they are going through a lot and their vocabulary is likely a lot more limited than ours is as adults. So I know I will be uh, hanging that up on my refrigerator, perhaps. Another place that we can seek comfort and guidance is at work, and that may be surprising to hear from an HR person. So let me explain. We do have to walk a fine line between the employer relationship not becoming parental or a therapist. However, maybe you have a work bestie that you can really let some steam off with or have one of those laughs that you just cry. Uh, Those are my favorite, the good belly laugh. It could be a mentor that you have at work or even outside of work in your industry. Of course, it could be your manager helping you make little tweaks to help prioritize or give you accommodations that you need. Could also be your HR person. A lot of HR people right now, especially, we care and we miss you. Believe me, I, I mean, I, I guess I can only speak for myself, but I got into this role because I want to make a difference in the workplace and make people's lives better. We spend too much time at work for it to be miserable. So if you need somebody to talk to, all of those are a great place to start. And the last one that I really want to just advocate relentlessly for is to take time off. I know Maybe you were had a vacation plan. Maybe you don't think of a vacation day as still being in your house, but taking that time away from work is critical so that you don't burn out. So even if it may not look like you thought, please continue to take your vacation days for your own mental health. Get out there, do nothing. It doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, go accomplish something, don't accomplish something, but don't log into work. For a day or three days or whatever that that means, whatever time you have available, if you can, it's, it's up to you to prioritize yourself. Yeah,
0: and prioritizing yourself, putting yourself first, that's probably one of the hardest things to do. But if we want to stay mentally healthy, we have to figure out a way to make some time and space for ourselves. So to close out today... I just want to remind you that we're addressing the elephant in the office in every episode of these podcasts to help not just the one in five U.S. adults experiencing a mental illness, but the five in five who have mental health.
1: We appreciate you listening. Please like, star, follow and share. It really helps an independent podcast like ours make it out into the world so we can help make it better for everybody. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time.